This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this Free-for-all Friday. I'm kind of excited because... Just before I walked into the studio and sat down, I saw our tennis superstar, Denis Shapovalov. He broke Novak Djokovic. Now, I don't know what the score is now. Please do not call and tell me. I'm recording it for later. But this is great. Uh, This is great. Who knows what can happen? Our guy going up against the world number one, and maybe, maybe he will win. So I'm happy about that. And if nothing else, we get a good game. Uh, Moving to other things, we had breaking news in Bob's newscast that we are moving to stage three a little bit early, five days early. Usually in the past, it's just been two days early. Uh, So all kinds of limits are being lifted. Uh, Does that make any difference for you? Is there anything that you are anxious to do? I mean, one thing that really strikes me, uh, we've uh, been out on a couple of restaurant patios more slated for the weekend, but the weather's been so bad. And if you get rained out, uh, it it ruins your evening that you planned, but also worse for the restaurateurs who are just getting back to business. You know, if it's pouring rain and depending on what their setup is, but now you'll be able to move inside. Other things, be able to move inside. Speaking of tennis, uh, where I play, we have a few indoor courts that we haven't been able to use, but now we'll be able to use them. And I have been doing a little bit of research, which I will get to later. So as Bob mentioned, we've been talking about renaming Dundas Street. And uh, since last Friday, I gave a little history lesson. You know, I think the guy is getting a bad rap, uh, even though I don't think he has too much connection to Canada, though his his uh, descendant or clanswoman, Jennifer Dundas, who was on yesterday, disagrees with me, and she just sent me another article on that. Um, but, you know, her parting shot before she left, she was talking about What about Young Street, the longest street in Canada? Now, there is a street that maybe should be renamed. Here's what she had to say. And one of the great ironies of this is that Young Street is named after um, um, a governor from the Cape of South Africa who actually traded covertly himself personally in slaves from Mozambique. And it was Henry Dundas who got him fired for that. So. We're going to end up in the situation where the Dundas name gets removed if this goes ahead, and the young name is going to remain in place. And I suspect that people will be so tired of this by the time this process is finished. Okay, so uh, 
Maybe we're renaming the wrong street. I I will get to a little more on Sir George Young. And by the way, he got all that real estate name for him, also courtesy of John Grave Simcoe. John Grave Simcoe, I think, was a good thing. But uh, really, like, why are you giving your buddies all these places named after them? So, uh, Lord... George Young, Sir George Young, excuse me. Um, he he. The, here's how an historian from South Africa, he was governor of the Cape Colony, uh, said what he said was said about him was that he represents incompetence, ignorance, and the very worst impulses of the British aristocracy. So, I'll give you some more on that later. Let me give you the numbers. Again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's begin with Joan in North York. Hi, Joan. Hi. What I'd like to comment on, (laughs) I just can't get over the people's reaction of renaming. History happened, and history will continue to happen. So do people want to spend money? on renaming every street in Toronto because we don't know the history of everybody. And what about spending the money instead on people that lost their businesses they've worked for years on, people that lost their jobs, people that lost their houses. They've lost so much through this pandemic, and all people can worry about is we don't like the name because of the history. Can you imagine what it'll be like in another 50 years when they talk about people in Toronto in 2021, how stupid they were? That's my comment. I mean, I think people are more important than present rather than the history because we're just used to these names. Nobody thinks of what, you know, what, what happened to them. This is just how we find our way around the city. So. I guess this is it. I don't want my tax dollars spent on all these renaming of the whole city, basically. Okay. You know what, Joan? I bet there are a lot of other things that you would rather not have your tax dollars spent on, but there you go. You're right. (laughs) Thank you, Joan, for that. Again, the numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're still talking about the renaming of streets. And I'm just bringing this up. Maybe we're renaming the wrong street. Uh, Let's go to Jim in Pickering. Hi, Jim. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Great, thanks. You know, Libby, I'm trying to... I just want to... Uh, think, uh, make a constructive suggestion if we could, and if we need to change or do something about, you know, our his, our history, our past, and maybe we do. So, just as you and myself, we try for to educate ourselves. How about an arts uh, center down downtown, an arts and culture one in each province? We were wondering what we could do with the Ontario Place. We're going to have a new uh, transit line right from there, something like that. And just, Libby, I'm thinking, you know, say, for example, during Black History Month, we could feature, have a feature there. And maybe it could be an IMAX. And, and then when it's the Holocaust Week, do that. But let's educate ourselves and, you know, keep our heads not do knee-jerk, because we could tear down every statue, and we could defund police and take away that. But we just got to, you know, at least stop, think, and uh, do the right thing. 
Good suggestion. Doing the right thing is always good. Yes, it is. Thanks for your call, Thank Jim. Thank you, Ellaby. That's my best suggestion. Okay, good. Right. Marek in High Park. Hello, Marek. Oh, yes, Libby. Good day. Um, he, I would like to mention, because I, I'm, I'm organizing the proclamation of Europe Day at Queen's Park since 2009 with the celebration of, among the, all the politicians, all the stripes. And this is my project, which I found it originated, uh, and I'm proud of it. And um, so, as you know, everybody knows it. <laughs> I'm from Poland, but my office is on 2000 Dandas uh, on the street. So I am just puzzled what's going to happen to the emergency. But I, you see the history. So today I was doing a, a short um, survey. So people uh, are, the business owners are against the changes of the names. And if you are doing the history on the street, um, it's going to happen what happened in China, Mao Zedong. He destroyed all the culture, and we are going to, we like, we cannot change the history. We can change the future, but if we rename the change of history, it will be a, a chaos. So, well, you, you know to- what? Uh, I keep uh, saying this about Dundas, uh, you know, and again, uh, Jennifer Dundas disagrees with me. He didn't have that much to do with our history is is the main thing. But, um, yeah, you know, I suspect that this thing is going to take a very long time because there wasn't consultation about renaming uh, as promised, but there's going to be consultation about what to change it to. So, I mean, I wouldn't hold my breath for this to happen, number one. But, uh, yeah, I would not hold my breath for it to happen. I think it'll take quite a long time. And uh, I think you're you're right. The businesses who are on there will be against it. Believe me, just for a second, I know every, I had the radio program, so I know every second counts. But I've spoken to Mr. Bento, who has the Bento's auto. It's a, he's serving 24 hours a day. His clients, the drivers who are having problems at three o'clock at night, and he has to fix because people are going to work. And everybody knows that Bento is on Dandas. So this is the confusion. Can you imagine that people every second counts when somebody has a heart attack? So going in the St. Joseph Hospital, in St. Michael's Hospital, I can, it's, the politicians should be listening to the people. I'm self-employed. I'm a journalist. And I don't like to have, we can have the dispute, but where are the politicians and where are the universities? And this is, my heart is broken when I see the, the Ryerson being toppled. He's a journalist. He's the minister of education. If somebody doesn't like to be educated, go down to school and don't. Okay. Mark? I don't know. We lost you, but I think we get the drift of what you were saying. You don't like uh, the Dundas Street being changed. As I said, if it happens, it's going to happen slowly. So I don't know. I don't think I would hope there would never be an issue of an ambulance not finding it because they don't know what the street is called. So I I think that's I think it will happen very slowly. But uh, there are a lot of questions around it. Sue in Mississauga. Hi, Sue. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. 
I just wanted to um, say I'm wondering who is going to pay for all the businesses on Dundas and possibly on Young Street now. Um, for like, is it the government, i.e., the taxpayer, who now has to pay for all the owners to have new business cards made up, all new brochures, all new signage on their buildings if it says Dundas? Um, you know, because a lot of them have the street address on their uh, signage as well. Well, you know what? The company might be called Dundas something. I don't know. Um, I don't know what. I don't know what that six million dollars, which is the estimate, and I'm sure it'll be more than that, covers. I don't know if they're going to subsidize business people. They're they're going to do all the stuff that the city has uh, something to do with, but I don't know if they are going to subsidize businesses that uh, that have to change again their signage or their business cards, or whatever it is that they have. Uh, they have to make changes on the websites. That usually doesn't cost more. And and the last caller, she was in Mississauga. Well, if Toronto changes the name of Dundas, that does, doesn't necessarily mean that Mississauga will. So Dundas, there's a town of Dundas, and the street runs through other municipalities. So it's going to be Joe Bloggs Avenue in Toronto and um, Dundas elsewhere, or are other are, are other municipalities going to follow suit? All of this, it's it's you know a whole can of worms. But let's get back. Let me also uh, give the numbers out again: four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Raymond in Etobicoke. Hi, Raymond. Hi. We need to stop any effort to rewrite history. This is what they do in dictatorships. They burn the books. They tear down the statues. Excuse me. And children grow up and they don't know uh, their history. Okay, I will I will say it again. Um and that's beyond I think that Henry Dundas is getting a bad rap here, but uh, you know when people say we're rewriting our history, this guy in my opinion and Jennifer Dundas disagrees does not have very much to do with our history. <laughs> and I think very few people walking or driving Dundas Street actually ever gave a thought to who this Dundas was. Uh so, you know, but but uh, it's it's a, a great big to do, and you know my my thing now is that I I think he's getting a bad rap. Thank you for your call. It is time for our first break. Before we go to break, let me give the numbers out: four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty, and we will be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. 
Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. And the renaming of Dundas Street is still a big topic. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But Deborah in Parkdale wants to talk about yogurt. Hi, Deborah. Hello, darling. Go ahead. You're on the air. Okay. You mentioned during your Zoomer reports throughout the day, do you eat yogurt? And then you tell us why, but you don't specify what kind of yogurt and how much of it. (laughs) Well, you know what? I think all yogurt is good for you. Uh, I have not done the research on whether probiotic yogurt is, is really better for you. Uh, but I would say that having some yogurt in your diet is good for you. I love it. Good. And I, you know, like I said, fruit bottom, stirred, plain, frozen, and I'm just concerned, you know, some of them have a lot of sugar in them. Uh, When I I say yogurt, I mean plain yogurt. Okay, dear. That's why I (laughs) meant what kind. Okay, no, I thought you meant probiotic, 2%, 3%. I meant like plain fruit on the bottom or stirred or even frozen. Well, fruit on the bottom stirred has a lot of sugar. I know. So does frozen yogurt. It's a treat. I would say uh, plain yogurt with a little bit of sugar, you're good to go. Thanks for your call. I usually use the low-calorie sweetener for that. Oh, dear. uh, That's not overly healthy either. I know. That's why I don't even get that a lot, the uh, plain, because I know I'd be doing that. Okay, well, well, good luck with that. Keep eating yogurt. Thanks for your call. Okay, um, let us get back to the question of changing monuments, changing school names, changing street names. Simone in Parkdale, hello. Hi there. Yes, I'm opposed to this too. I phoned today. I phoned um, John Tory's office and uh, my counselor, Anna Bayello. Uh, to oppose this, but um, you know, it's really a leftist thing going on because when when it comes to look, uh, you're familiar, I would assume, with Dr. Norman Bethune. Yep. And there was a lengthy article about him and the son about decades ago, and a man wrote a letter to him, uh, to, in answer to him. He said he knew Norman Bethune. He himself had fought on the communist side in the Spanish Civil War, and he said Norman Bethune wouldn't help anyone unless they were communists. And then he went to China. Oh, yeah, he is revered in China. Oh, yeah. He was a big communist yeah. and a supporter of the Chinese Communist oh, Party, which uh, just celebrated 100 years and is really, uh, it's, it's, it's a dictatorship, and it's absolutely. tough. And this is a guy who sided with a system that destroyed millions of people, and there you've got a school named after him, and you've got, a, I think, a library at the U of T, why isn't his name being changed? Well, he he was a doctor and he did help a lot of people. Uh, I don't know. Like I would, I would uh, have to check anything or somebody who's saying that he wouldn't treat somebody who was on the other side. Well, but, this was by a guy who knew him and he fought on the communist side himself. Well, it's yeah, but it's who, which guy, and uh, well, I mean, the letter of the day you have course, to be yeah. a little more careful with with you know, stuff he, like well, that. He, he had left his name. He was it was a letter of the day he had written to the newspaper, and that. But uh, uh, Norm Bethune was a communist, and therefore that's a system that destroyed so many people. So why are we having places named after him? Okay, well, there you go. Like I said, he is revered in China, and I've seen his. Is it Stratford that he comes from? Whatever small town he comes from, there is a statue of him. They've preserved, I think, his house. Uh, so she's right. Um, we have to decide who we like and we don't like. 
Okay. And who is next here? Nelson in Strathroy. Hi, Nelson. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you for taking my call. Um, this issue of tearing down monuments and changing names and rewriting history is unfortunately going worldwide. Um, what we should be doing is, if they're going to abolish history, they shouldn't abolish history. They should rewrite history and putting all of the history down, accurate history, correct history, from both sides, not just one-sided. As what was from when I was going to school, I didn't know about uh, a lot of the things that is coming out now. Well, that's. I think that's an important thing, and I think that. Uh that is one of the things that people are saying, you know, we should, we should teach this in our schools. We have to come to terms with it and we, we have to own up to it and we have to teach our history. And historically Canadians haven't been good at that. I remember going to school. I got very little Canadian history, good, bad, or indifferent. And not just Canadian history, European history, all the history, like the Americans with their slaves, the Europeans, when they came into to the New World and enslaving the the tribes or, or the Indians or the blacks, whoever and and how they came about the, the new land that they conquered, all of that should come to light, not just we conquered land and this is in the name of whatever country they've conquered for. That should come to light so that people know what atrocities occurred or if the new tribes were were passive and they became friendly, that should come to light. Well, uh, there, the, the information is out there. I mean, some of it is ceded land, some of it is unceded land. You know, correct. there were treaties uh, with, with some Indian bands and not with others. So, yeah, you're right. We, we have to learn about this. I think and, it's important for Canadians to learn about this. And on the other side of the coin, like the indigenous people as well, there are some tribes that they're, they're saying we're all one people. That's correct. But they also have their own history to say, like, they also have people that were on uh, the passive side and others that were um, causing or atrocities where people didn't like to go near them, where they were very... Um, I'm trying to figure out the word. Well, you had different, I mean, you know, it's it's not all homogeneous one thing. And again, yeah. we don't, you know, we're not educated in this. But uh, yeah, you're right, Nelson. Thanks for your call. Have yourself a great weekend. Thanks. Let us move on to Jane in North York. Hi, Jane. Hi. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm fine. I just want to get some information Um there is a co-worker of mine who was unjustly treated at work because they had no knowledge that they came in contact with a person who had tested positive for COVID, a co-worker. So they let uh, my friend into the plant like eight days without any knowledge. And he found, she found out from her say gossip. And then when everybody, uh, uh, in the food industry, kind of panicked because they weren't told. Um, then they um, they had a meeting with the company. Why weren't they told? And now they're blaming my friend that he lied at the door. He didn't have no knowledge. Um, I, I I have have no idea what to tell you about that. I understand why people 
get upset if, uh, you know, there's a possibility of infection and they weren't told about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I can't begin to tell you how that should be handled. I mean, you work for a company, there's human resources there. I would go there first. Yeah. Um, my friend was accused for lying at the door, but at the same time, he had no knowledge that he was even a person of interest. Okay. And- well, well, uh, Somebody accused him of lying for a reason, and he said he didn't know. Yeah. I would go to the HR person. I don't know if you're unionized. If mm-hmm. you're unionized, go to your union. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, HR uh, and try to sort it out. But but you know, it's um, it's hard to know. And it's one person says one thing, and somebody else says something else. And and good luck with that. Yeah, we're still in this pandemic. And we got some good news that we are opening up early, but we're still in this pandemic and it's still upsetting, especially if you work in a bigger place like uh, the food industry. You know, the people don't know if somebody came into contact with somebody who was infected. Those things are very serious and somebody being accused of lying is very serious. But let's talk about Henry Dundas. Dean in Toronto. Hi, Dean. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. First, I'd like to compliment you. You had a great show yesterday, bringing out some great historical facts and and two experts on the matter. And you had also done your research, which I think was fantastic. Thank you. Um, But just in terms of the report that was done by the city, I think this is a done deal. This is the report's been done. The recommendation has been made. It'll get passed in city council probably sometime in the next few months or next year. Uh, maybe next week. Well, maybe as early as next week. God God only knows, right? But anyway, I'm going to read you something uh, just really quickly off the City of Toronto website that just kind of proves that the historical facts don't matter. So if you'll just uh, sure. bear with me. Uh, from the City of Toronto website, it says here, more than 20 academic experts in areas of public history, Black Canadian studies, and public commemoration were consulted. The consensus among historians remains that the actions of Henry Dundas, regardless of his intention, resulted in the delay of the abolition of the transatlantic uh, slave trade, causing more than half a million more black people to be enslaved in the British Empire. So it's the regardless of his intention clause that uh, tells me this, it doesn't matter. That history doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. The large context doesn't matter. Well, we the I mean, to, I, yeah. I wonder about how they come to that conclusion because the House of Lords didn't uh, didn't approve the motion to abolish slavery till eighteen oh seven. So yeah. I don't know how they're pinning it on him. If there yeah. if there are if there's a consensus among a number of historians, I'm assuming that there's basis for it. But well, there there would be an argument for both sides. There, there is, doubt. and there is a discussion because I've seen the arguments for both sides. I don't want to get into the weeds. It has to do with amendments and years in amendments. But yeah. you know, a warning <clears throat> to these—not the historians, but the politicians. I mean, it looks to me that what Dundas tried to do was to make a compromise to get something passed. These mm-hmm. guys have to do that every day, right? Even the yeah. mayor only has one vote. 
So yeah. if if you have some kind of compromise on something and 200 years of people say you were a really bad guy because you did that, well, so be it. But it's it's pretty clear that that's what happened. And I think it's actually a good thing that the people who say that he his actions postponed the end of slavery, at least they put in that line about regardless of his intentions. Right. But that just seems to me to be, a, you know, a poor way of doing history by throwing away context and the, the background. And, you know, let, let's face it, he was, you know, he was swimming against the stream at the time. Right. So. Well, he wasn't the main swimmer against the stream, but he but he was. And, uh, you know, he he never set foot in this country. And again, uh, I have a paper to read. Jennifer Dundas on yesterday's show was was arguing that some of the stuff that he did really did have an impact on Canada. But, uh, you know, according according to me, he never set foot here. So right, right. How central is he to our history anyway? Yeah, well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying we're making a larger point that if if we're throwing away good methods of doing history and understanding the past, well, we're just we'll just end up basking in ignorance for the most part, right? Well, yeah, I mean, well, you know, throwing it, it, away knowledge. It it almost looks to me when I look around that it, it's kind of a cultural revolution, and yeah. you know, the scary thing when I look at the United States. And it, they're more on the right than on the left, where facts don't matter. I mean, people believe the, you know, the strangest, most ridiculous conspiracy theories. A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And um, what is going to come of that? And then we have the, we have this political correctness and wokeness and, and uh, problems on the left as well. So yeah. Yeah. this no, is I where think- we're at. Yeah, right now we're also afraid that, you know, we, we, yes, terrible things happened in the past, but the best thing to do is to understand them and not forget them, right? But we're just at a point where we almost want to act like nothing bad ever happened. And if, if we sort of stick our heads in the sands and say that nothing bad ever happened, then we're kind of think we're fooling ourselves into thinking that nothing bad in the future ever will happen. But it's completely unrealistic. But I mean, I, I think that people are saying they don't want to glorify people who did bad things. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I understand that. But, but that's again, a pretty wide is, swath. Anyway, Dean, thanks for your call. You're very welcome. Let us go to Norm in North York. Hi, Norm. Good day, Libby. You're sounding great. I hope you're feeling the same. Thank you. I'm wondering about, well, I know the question's been asked, I just wonder if there's an answer to who compensates all the businesses that have to change their letterhead, business cards, whatever, on Dundas Street, anywhere in the province, let alone Dundas, Ontario. Well, the, and, this is City of Toronto, so if City of Toronto decides to rename Dundas Street, they're not deciding for Mississauga, and they're oh, not I'm deciding for, for Dundas, rest, Ontario. You know, implications to say, well, no, no, we have to change it everywhere. But the other question is, should we vet every single street that is named after a person, dig deep into their background and make sure that nobody, whether it's a businessman, politician, whoever. Well, you know what? We do that now. There, there, there's a, a, there's a process for naming streets and there is a process. And if you'll recall, if you'll cast your mind back, there was a move to name a street in Etobicoke after Rob Ford and the family abandoned it. Oh. 
probably because there was opposition to it uh, on Toronto City Councilor. Uh, I, I mean, I don't remember the exact story, but th- there's a big process now. But back then, if your name was John Grave Cinco, you could name any part of the province after whoever you liked. Okay, then. I, I, I step in and say, oops, I didn't realize this was that deep of a vetting process already. I just hope there's no dirt dug up in 10 years on any politician or business type that has a street named after them. Okay, well, they should they should dig it up now. And and here's here's another thing that, that um, I came across, and I forget the name. So the business improvement area in the Church Wellesley District, which is the gay neighborhood, they want to take down a statue. Now, the statue was only put there 15 years ago, 16 years ago in 2005 at their request. And the city helped them with that. But they it was a different BIA. And they said, oh, we didn't really look at him closely enough. He he did bad things. We want to take the statue down or move it. And I'm, I'm thinking, fine, you can do that. But they want taxpayers to help with the cost of that. And I'm thinking... This isn't the wasn't the dark ages. It was 15 years ago, and uh, I I think the guy said to me, "Well, it wasn't all online then. So before you spend a fortune on a statue, maybe you go to the library and yeah, look the guy up. And there. they have every right to remove that statue, but but I don't think I should have to pay for that. Time or for you. a GoFundMe page." Yeah, time for a GoFundMe page. That's a good idea. Norm, well, thank the word. I'll say thank you and good day. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you very much. Time for another break. The numbers to call before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. It's a free-for-all Friday, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday, and the big topic is the renaming of Dundas Street. Let's go right to the phones. We've got Peter in Toronto. Hello, Peter. Peter? Is that me, Libby? Yep, Peter. Hi. Uh, This is a very long-time listener. I started listening to your radio even before you moved to 740 AM frequency. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I don't want to get into a, a discussion about what these um, uh, people in the past did or they didn't do. Now, that is, that, that is uh, uh, hindsight. It's 2020. What I want to uh, point out is I don't think our municipal uh, government, which is Mayor John Tory, should give in to this insatiable, demanding special interest group. And we know what they are. You give an inch, they will definitely will come back for a put. Besides, I don't think we should uh, spend $10 million on consultation and causing all this uh, business located on the long, thunders, it's a long street. It's not a short, little street. Uh, The the way things stand now, if you get 14,000 signatures on a petition, the city will look at whatever you're petitioning about. 
well, that's how it happened. Referendum. Uh, it, it, it's that's a thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, in, in in the true name of uh, um, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, democracy. No, I just don't think. The other thing is, these people are putting down public uh, statue. That is public property. They are considered a crime. This vandalist should be rounded up by our law enforcement officer and drag them to court. Well, yeah, and, and in in the wake of that terrible discovery of of the unmarked graves of indigenous children, but that doesn't uh, give them the right to. They're to burning vandalize. down churches. I'm not saying they. There have been. Uh, quite a number of incidents of churches being burned down. Even the prime minister condemned that. Well, I do, I do condemn. But the the thing is, what good would that do? You change the name of Dundas. Why don't you just use the money and to to make some sort of uh, compensation? Let's say that's a whole lot more uh, a better way of using our hard earned tax money. And besides, I want to tell Mayor John Tory if he. Um, you know, go ahead and give in to this special uh, interest group demand. I can assure him, me, my friend and relative, co-workers and neighbors, would not vote for him next election. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, it's it's not 100% clear that he is running in the next election. I think he probably will. I think he loves this job. Uh, but it's not. It, he said in the past he would only have two terms. It's his second term. So we have to hear from him on whether he is running. But, uh, you know, this isn't scientific, the show, but I have yet to hear from anyone except the guy who started from the petition that, who thinks that changing the name of this street is a good idea. So <laughs> people, if you're out there, give me a call. But in the meantime, let us go to Barry in North York. Hi, Barry. Good afternoon. Um, The previous caller, I have a message to him and anybody else who's upset about this. If you want John Tory to know, then call him. Um, And if you go on, you Google the City Hall, they have 392-2489, but that's not the right number. It's 416-397-2489. That gets you directly to the mayor's office. I want to thank you for um, those two guests yesterday. It really um, certainly um, prompted me to put a message on Facebook and it and also gave me a, quite a history lesson. I was trying to um, find out who Dr. Patrice Dutil was, but I didn't know how to spell his name. D-U-T-I-L. Beg your pardon? D-U-T-I-L. D-U-T-I-L. Oh, Dutil. I thought it was Dottiel. Okay, that's good. Um, and uh, I think he said that the thinking of people at that time was different. So I think that we can be happy that the thinking of general society has progressed. We have more progression to make, but we've come a long way since then, I think. Don't you think? Yep. Yeah. And so, as usual, if people are upset, and a lot of people are upset about this, is a very hot topic, then please call 416-397-2489. If you have any kind of issues with any kind of um, politicians, then call them and tell them. If they, if not for any other reason, they would say, oh, we've got to do something about this. We with so many people calling. Stop them calling. Well, I think, uh, I think this ship has sailed, but I also think it will be a very, very slow process 
making it happen because they, they say now they didn't really consult very much on this part of it, but they say that they will be all kinds of consultation on who the new named person should be. And then they have to get it done. And then they have to figure out, uh, you know, they've, They've said that it could cost up to $6 million, I think, more. There's a lot of signs and everything that have to be changed. Uh, are they compensating businesses? I don't know. So I suspect it, it is going to be quite a while. Well, I hope so. Thank you so much for um, for doing this and those, those uh, two guests who were wonderful yesterday. Okay. Have yourself a great weekend. Thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Right. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We've been talking a lot about this business, about renaming Dundas Street. And as I said, uh, aside from the guy who started the petition who I talked to, and the uh, assistant city manager who were, you know, they were guests to speak to this, but in terms of audience calling in, I don't think we have had one, not one person who thinks this is a good idea. Let's go to Allison in Scarborough. Allison in Scarborough, hello. Hi. Well, I'm with the rest of your callers. I've uh, been a taxpayer forever, it seems. And, you know, having just come through a pandemic, where we have spent, I can't even imagine how much money, on all the health clinics. we got people living in parks because there isn't enough low-income housing. And the city wants to spend millions of dollars changing the name of the street that nobody except a few radicals even care about. To say, I mean, all the businesses on Dundas, all the people who live on Dundas are going to be, oh, it just outrages me. And yes, I have spoken to my counselor about this, and it hasn't done a damn bit of good, I don't think, if, as you say, uh, I mean, the, the executive committee has already approved this nonsense. It's going before council next week, so yeah. uh, you should have a very good look at how your counselor votes. I intend to, believe me. It just, this, it's, oh, it just infuriates me. And I've heard the guy who instigated this whole thing interviewed, I'm sorry to say not on your station. Uh, well, no, I interviewed him as well. <laughs> but uh, he, his long harangue yep. ended up with billions of dollars he's expecting the city to spend to ease his uh, agenda. Well, and, and, you know, frankly, what I had been expecting from him was, you know, what we got from our other two guests was to go through the history of why, uh, why this guy's actions led to what he said. And I think it was sort of long on ideology and, and short on facts. And again, I accept that there are historians who have done more research than me who have come to the conclusion that his actions were to blame regardless of his intentions, as one of our callers pointed out. But I didn't get that from the guy who started the petition. He said he did it because, because in Edinburgh, where this guy actually lived, he was Scottish. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, there was a move to, uh, I forget it, if it was renaming a street or taking down a statue. So 
there you go. Allison, thanks for your call. Well, that's right. And, you know, people, if you feel strongly about this, make sure that you have a call into your counselor. Get it done quickly because the vote, I believe, is going to city council next week. And one more time for the numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Rick in Guelph. Hi, Rick. Hi, Libby. Go ahead. Uh, I've got a question for you, and I want you to answer it honestly. Did you know who Henry Dundas was before all this started? I had no clue. And uh, it never occurred to me to uh, find out, to be honest. I think I probably thought that Dundas was just a, a place name from Scotland. And you know how they repeat a lot of place names here? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that to the extent I thought about it, which was very minimal, that's probably what I thought. But I had no clue. Exactly. And, and I, never I, thought I to had, find out. I had no idea who Henry Dundas was. And... Now they're talking about Young Street. Well, I'm talking about Young Street (laughs) just as as a counterpoint, because I think that guy really looks like a bad guy with no connection here. Uh, And uh, he was considered to be an expert on ancient Roman roads. And that's why (laughs) Young Street was named for him by John Graves Simcoe. That's okay. that's what I found out, and, and <laughs> I, like, including a bunch of bad stuff about him. Yeah, the, the, the Toronto Star listed sixty names. Of are we going to change everything? What they? Oh, they listed sixty names of people who's uh, who should Street be uh, cancelled. Street names. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's a lifetime where's, project. Where's it going to end? <laughs> By the time um, they're done. There'll, there'll be a whole longer list of people to get rid of. I mean, I, I drive on Victoria Street in Guelph here every day, and I have no clue if it was named after the Queen or some mayor's favorite cat. Or, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure it would have been Queen Victoria. Just a guess. Probably, probably, yeah. But, I mean, that's... Does it really matter? Um, well, um... It depends. Like now these days, there is a process for getting a street named after you. uh, And that's a good thing. And like you said with this previous caller there, the the instigator Mm -hmm. uh, was uh, long on ideology and short on facts. This this is so typical, though. Uh, Yep. Unfortunately, they, they, they don't check. They don't check their facts before they start hollering. Uh, they should check more facts. Yep. Yeah. We should all check our facts. Checking our facts is a good thing. Absolutely. Ron, thanks for your call. Uh, all right. Thanks, Libby. Let us go to Tom and Ajax. Hi, Tom. Good afternoon. Uh, a friend of mine brought this up, and I hadn't even thought of it. Um, as we all know, politicians only do things for two reasons, money and power. Mm-hmm. Well. They get a, a petition in for 14,000 signatures, which is the minimum requirement. Yep. It's a city of 2.7 million people. That's about 0.005% of the population. So all of a sudden, this is the most important issue in Ontario. And everything else has gone by the wayside, and the politicians are scurrying like frightened children. 
which normally wouldn't happen with a thing this small, even taking into effect, you know, far left-wing extreme socialism cancel culture pandering for votes. Unless, as my buddy suggested, this group somehow got somebody behind them that has a lot of financial clout or power who uh, may or may not contribute to campaigns and re-election campaigns. I, I, I don't know about that. Um, but he got the 14,000 and that was enough to get this thing done. Yeah, but and maybe I'm, that has to change. Well, true. But again, it just how many petitions do you think they get a week with only 14,000 signatures on them? They get turned away as insignificant. This thing has just gone as like a juggernaut through there. And again, unless they have the backing of some very powerful individual groups or lobbyists, this thing probably just would have died and got put by the wayside. But when Don, John Tory changes his mind, goes back from saying, yes, there's going to be community involvement and all this stuff to all of a sudden we're doing it. Because as you know, when you interviewed him with the Paracats, he just will not change his mind when he's made, his, made a decision. Uh, so it's really... I as well. I think the first thing was the city staff report, and they are all gung ho about it. I mean, we can look into that, but I, you know, I I think that uh, you have city staff who are probably uh, woke would be a good word, and they're all for this. So I don't know if you're insinuating any hanky panky with money. Uh, but uh, um, that I, I I wouldn't see that. But anyway, Tom, thanks for your call. I'm okay, we'll try to get a few more in. Who is next? Ron in Scarborough. Hi. Well, whenever there's money, look. Whenever there's trouble, look towards the money. I learned that from Ms. Bernstein. Um, with regards to Jeff Bezos, he's been caught giving money to uh, what they call left-wing nuts all the time. If left-wing nuts had to pay out of their own pocket, they would freeze on the spot and they wouldn't make a move, Libby. My street's not for sale. Your street's not for sale. Okay, no, that's good. No, no more left-wing nut dictatorship. Thank you. Okay. I'm not really sure what that one was about. Let us go to Gerald in Toronto. Hi, Gerald. Hi. Um, i just like to have our our people of Toronto do a civic duty and send an email to 311 at toronto.ca and tell that local government that wasting our money for something that really needs to be debated further and historians need to debate this, not us. We should not be doing knee-jerk reactions and spending money when we have so many needs in this city. So I just encourage everybody to uh, send an email to your counselors at 311 at toronto.ca. Okay, Gerald. Thanks for that. 311.toronto at toronto.ca. And call your city councillor if you feel strongly about this. Um, wrapping things up now, I am going to be on a little bit of vacay for about 10 days. And I will be back here in the chair after that and looking forward to it. And everybody have a great weekend. And we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.